Okay, it's recording. Right. Hey guys, uh, Ray here. Today I got a special guest, my friend Tobin. He's a longtime friend, longtime photographer, and uh, he's a full-time photographer. And I kind of was thinking about the show a lot, and I want to start interviewing people that are doing what they want for a living, and uh, just seeing if there's stuff we can learn from them. <laughs> What's up, Tobin? Um, good. Thanks for having me on your show, Ray. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Yeah, dude. So you're a full-time photographer. Yes. You've been being you've been getting photos published since you were a teenager? Yeah. I first got my start in uh, getting some skateboard photographs. So I was really into photography and then and skateboarding and getting a skateboard photograph published was the first time I ever was my ever my photographs ever got used and also the first time I ever thought that being a photographer could be a job for me because um just because seeing the check like wow my pictures got used for something and I got a check in my hands all right wow if I do this a few times a month or you know, however many times I needed to, I would have my bills paid. So um, it was a real kind of light bulb moment. And, and I think then like right in, in the beginning, I was like doing construction jobs and, and I was an electrician's assistant what? in San Francisco, you know, and uh, you know, my stepfather did construction and knew a lot of tradesmen. And that was, that was a job that, that I could learn and get into because uh, I wasn't interested in going to college or I, I didn't have any kind of um, interest except photography and skateboarding. Um, and my, my parents were a little worried that I wasn't going to make it as a photographer because I think in their mind, photographer was this, this big job where you had to go to college to learn all the knowledge to, to, to get that, um, to be able to do that job but i think with skateboard photography it was really a matter of um being knowing the right people and being in the right places and being able to uh like like many types of photography that's used for a magazine um it's like being being in the right place to to gather those photographs or get make those images and then being able to give it to a magazine and i don't know so very cool so at one point you're shooting your friend skateboarding and then the next minute you're shooting some like ads for skateboarding. And then you also do a lot of commercial work. How did you, how did that crossover happen? Well, uh, for the action shots I was doing in the beginning, those um, that were used for magazines were, I was paid like a very small amount of money. Um, or maybe it was like a hundred bucks. And, and if the same photographs were used for an advertisement, it was like 200 bucks. And the way it kind of works is the bigger the company um, uh, is, the more use that they're getting out of your images to sell their product, right? If, they're, uh, if a company is very small and just starting out, obviously they're, they're not going to be making a lot of um, profit off your images that they're buying from you to advertise advertise their product 
but the bigger the company is, especially like, I think in skateboarding, it's like, it used to be shoe companies were the biggest. Um, now it seems like energy drinks <laughs> are the biggest. Uh, and I'm not even in skateboarding like every day. I don't shoot skateboarding every day anymore. Um, but when I was starting out, the difference between editorial job and a commercial job was really just in the way it was being used or who was using the photograph. Like, like Duff Shoe Company would buy a photograph for like back in the 90s, maybe like, I don't know, like, like 800 bucks maybe or something like that. Now it's probably really small now. But um, that was a lot more than an editorial photograph. Like when I first started out, like late 80s, it was like, like 80 bucks for like a full page photo which is great but it's it's no way to make a living like as a, a freelance photographer so i really had to focus on advertisements because i didn't i never had a um a staff job at a magazine i never was paid like a salary or anything i was always um i was always per um per photo paid per photo you were so, never on a retainer a little bit like i had big brother magazine they paid yeah. me like 500 bucks a month just to keep yeah. me on this like little retainer thing and then anti-hero skateboards for one year uh 500 bucks a month um and then and that was just kind of like something to have to to stay in there and, and photograph all the time but um but other than that i was just really um able to bounce around and try different things because i never had um a steady job uh that or like a, a a singular job so so that was fun and i think like i um somewhere along the line i got to i got to um uh meet some meet people that that work for different organizations and you know if they saw something that i was doing that they could use um you know if they were doing some advertisements and they saw that I could shoot the photos for that, then that's how I would um, be able to um, get a job, like like maybe a bigger commercial job. That's how I was able to do that. It's really just um, one thing leads to another, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, that's how it happened for me. I can see that. This stuff is interesting to me. I, I work with a lot of younger photographers, you know, and that's the question, um, I think, for a lot of people has had a transition from hobby to profession. Yeah. You know what I think it is like the, in the, as far as, um, I think it's a lot of research. Like if you don't know the people that you know, need, you need to know those people for them to hire you. If you don't know them. It's a lot of research in figuring out what their address is, what, uh, what their email address is maybe or where they are if they're if they're in your city It's a little bit easier and you can figure out like oh, they're on 555 Folsom Street. They're right there I don't know them, but if I um, If I send them Maybe images that I shot like maybe send them something that's you know They're not gonna get pissed off at me for sending them and showing my work then just you know just like showing people your images that um, the people that you want to work with. I think that that's, that's a real tangible way of at least trying to work for them. And they could always just be like, you know, I don't like your photos and I'm not going to hire you or, or they could hire you or you couldn't like, I think what happens a lot is you, 
you get radio silence. Like they don't talk to you. They don't respond. And the best case scenario, they might not respond for a long time, but then they start to notice your work and you're consistent in sending them your work and showing them where you work. Or maybe they just, they see it in a few different places. And I think when, when some, the, someone that has, is in the position to hire a photographer, you know, sees a, a name or images in a few different places, maybe their friend talks about that, those photographs, and they begin to like think about you more. And then I think you get closer to being like hired. Very cool. So what, um, what kind of jobs are you working on now? I know um, you shot some stills for some films. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been shooting. I've been really liking shooting film stills. Um, yeah. That's like a dream job. Well, well, when I think of like uh, some of my favorite movies teaming up with or some of my favorite photographers working on some of the sets of my favorite movies, you know, like uh, Mary Ellen March shot all the stills for Apocalypse Now. And those photos are so great. And it just seems like a, a great job. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. But I love I love Mary Ellen Mark's work, and I have um, her uh, book. I think it's Scene Behind the Scenes. Oh, and she it's shot, um, a bunch of movies, right? Like uh, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, I haven't seen that book, but that sounds cool. It's an amazing book, and Mary Ellen Mark is such an amazing photographer, and I she's like an inspiration to me in that she shoots film stills and she also gets really great um, behind the scenes photographs of like the director and the actors. And yeah, I, I think most of that book is that type of work. It's like behind the scenes photographs, which, which is really what you want to see. Cause you've already seen the film. Yeah. It's the way the film is the way it is. So you really want to see like this, like moment behind the scenes with the actors and the director and stuff. It's really cool. And um, so I really like that a lot. Um, so how do you start shooting that stuff? Well, I got, um, like over 20 years ago, I got an opportunity to shoot stills on Larry Clark's second movie, um, Another Day in Paradise. And I didn't know anything about shooting stills. I was just, I knew the director and he gave me the job. So I went to, I went and I got a blimp for my camera. I had like a Nikon F5. And I went and I ordered a blimp. It was like, couple thousand dollars or like 1500 bucks maybe um and 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 i figured out how to use that and i didn't i never met another still photographer so i didn't know how to shoot i didn't know what the job was about other than what the producers told me i had to do um and it was the first day on set i met uh melanie griffith and the producer introduced me at first you know i didn't know that i had to go introduce myself to the actors I didn't know it, that there might be any sensitivity between, you know, who's this guy with a camera shooting my photo. I didn't know that there might be, I thought it was just like another crew member and I just shot. I didn't know, I, I was completely ignorant of any kind of social. Seems like that would be the producer's job, right? To introduce you to the whole set and crew. You know, yeah, it's, it seems like that would be the case. But, um, but I think as I, I learn more about, um, uh, being um, a still photographer, you really have to take it into your own. You're really your own person on the set. There's no, your boss is the producer, but the, you're really left to your own devices and that there's no direct boss. Like the camera department has 
like the DP is the boss, right? And then you have the first AC is the next in line. It's very military-like. Then there's a second AC and second, second AC and da-da-da and loader on down to the loader, right? And so it's a chain of command and they're all working with each other. But the still photographer, although the still photographer is in the camera department, technically, um, the still photographer is really on their own and it's just they're, they're doing their job on their own and they report to the producer. But yeah, the producer on the, my first day on set of Another Day in Paradise, he introduced me to Melanie Griffith and, and she's like smoking a cigarette. She's like, just stay out of my fucking face. What? And it was, and for me, it was my first day. And it was, it was so funny to me that, that, that she would say that to me. I'm like, what? It's perfect. it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, she was kind of like being tough, you know, and like, um, and just not liking photographers. I don't think she liked them. Uh, but I, I made a lot of mistakes on that, on that first movie. And did they use, did they use your stills for, yeah, for they, promotion stuff? Yeah. They use my stills for the poster and for a promotion. Um, and one thing I learned is that still photographers have a reputation of, um, of being pushed around, I guess, or, um, I don't know. People don't have know. these like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. People, um, like I remember grip told me, he's like, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? He's like, Oh, I usually just call you guys. I think I introduced myself to him or something. He's like, Oh, I just, I usually call you guys get out of my way or something like that. Or, oh my God. Super rude. Yeah. Um, I feel like from what I've been, I've been asking around since I moved to LA, I'm asking everybody, I know that works in production. Like, how do you get these still photography jobs? And it seems like such a coveted job. Like these directors and producers work with the same guy for 50 years. Yeah. Or they're working for free on some indie, on some indie film. Yeah. And maybe those are the guys that get shit on. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I, th I think, um, I, I went recently, I went to, um, a year ago, I got to a chance to work on a film called Mid '90s, and I was, yeah, I was really, really, yeah, it was really fun to work on. As uh, Jonah Hill directed it, and 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 through that, I got to join the cinematography union, and 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 I've I've since done one other feature film, and I'm I'm looking for my next feature film to do or or TV show, and what I what I was able to. Uh, after after joining the union, I was able to take. Um, they have classes, just like uh -huh. they're new, or or just to kind of just to learn more about uh, you know still photography and being a still photographer. So I I took this um, this workshop. It only lasted like three hours, but I learned so much. Um, just the the two photographers that were um, were teaching it um, were just like had a lot of great insight, like. Um, like one thing I always do now is I always go up and introduce myself to the actors and just let them know I'm here to, I'm here to make them look good. I'm here to, you know, take great photographs of them and not just, you know, I'm not here to, I'm here to work with them. So, you know, let, cool. just, just let me know if you don't want, if you're doing a scene, you don't want, you know, I mean, to shoot a photo, let me know. And I, I find that like personal rapport with, with the actors really helps like get great photographs and, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, and there's probably like tons of etiquette that we don't know about. For example, are you shooting while the camera's rolling? 
Yes, yeah, still photographer uh, shoots when the camera's rolling, um, and uh, they have either they either have a blimp on their camera to silence the camera, or they have a mirrorless camera that doesn't make any noise. People um, don't. Uh, some people don't know what a blimp is. You have you have yeah, yours. Yeah, I got. I'll show you a blimp. Um, this um, this is a blimp I just got like uh, for mid nineties on. Um, like a year and a half ago and it's an aquatech blimp so it's <clears throat> so it's made by a company that does makes underwater housings and um, so that's, that's crazy looks like that but it's really cool because it's really ergonomic like you it has like hand holes so you um and like just hold your hands in and i got on the the uh i'll show you like it's really just this is a, a Canon Mark III. It just has a 24 to 70 zoom lens on it. So no sound comes out at all? No, I mean a little bit, but not, a, not enough to register uh, for the sound mixer. Um, so here, or I think I have it on. Like, so there's, you can hear it a little bit with it open. And then closed. You can't hear it. Oh uh, yeah. It's shooting, you can't hear it. But yeah, this is the blimp. Very cool. Yeah, and it's a beast. It's kind of a beast. And this is with a twenty-four to seventy on it, and then the other lens that uh is just the eighty to two hundred. Uh and that's a beast. It's like it's pretty heavy to hang like lug around all day. Did you ever shoot any of it at 200? Like, um, do you, need to, you need to go out that far away? 200 millimeter lens? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's, I think on probably most movie stills you see are at 80 to 200 or 70 to 200 lens. Oh, I didn't know that. It seems like it because, it, you know, really like uh, whatever action is going on, whatever scene is going on, uh, the, the camera department is pretty big and there's like, there's the camera and there's all the assistant camera people and they're all around it. Think of that. And, and there's, um, so really like an 8200 is really a nice way to like, you can zoom in and you can get a nice tight headshot of an actor. Um, um, and, and it just depends on what scene, what, what's happening. But I think I, I use that lens a lot. I guess that's another thing to worry about, right? Navigating that whole crew, lighting and cords and yeah. Yeah, the one thing I think the most important thing to remember being a still photographer is that every relationship on the crew is important. Like everyone. Everyone like doesn't matter like doesn't matter if you're it's the director is no different from the um props person or or you know you obviously you want to just treat everyone with respect and treat and just have a nice relationship with everyone. Um you know, and the reason why is it's so crowded. So oftentimes, like unless you're shooting on a soundstage where there's plenty of room and you can, everyone can spread out. But most of the films I've worked on are on location, and you're in a you're in a you're in a house, like shooting in a bathroom. It's like, and and the thing with films is, um, the less time that is less time that that we have to get the shot the higher the stress level. Right. Right. And it goes, it goes from 
the uh, the first AD is really in charge of making the day, and making the day is like is just being on time for the um, getting every shot. And if if we're not on time and we're behind, then the stress level starts going up, and you really need to like be friends with everyone and just just you know be nice and cordial. Like I just need to be nice and cordial and just be like, hey, after the scene, can I get one shot? Like one shot. If I if I'm not able to be in there on the scene um, during the the shot, then I just need to I just need to zip in, have the actor do this, like have this go through the same scene again, or just. It's, since it's a still, you know, just like if there's two actors, they just need to be talking to each other and you just need to shoot a photo, get good photos and and then and then bounce out. Right. So you kinda have to stick stick your head in there before they break that scene up, huh? Yeah, it's it's really you know you don't know when the director's gonna going to get a shot and and tell the crew to move on. So you have to be waiting there right next to the first AD. So when the director says, Yeah, that's enough then you've already set up i've already have eye contact with the first ad and if he if he can if if he can give me the time to go in and shoot a photo then i need to be there right that at that second to jump in and shoot a photo and get it and then bounce out what if you miss it like what if you you turn in all your photos at the end of the production and they're like we love this bathroom scene but there's no still of it <laughs> yeah that's pretty bad you can't, you can't miss it you need to get every shot you do huh? you do most you do and and you're there's there's a lot of shots like like say there's one scene in a bathroom there might be four different angles in that bathroom so you really have to read what the best still angle is and make sure to cover that there's a there's there's other angles that are like a close-up on your on the hand and the toothbrush that obviously you don't need or, you know something like that but um it's really just like reading the script and figuring out how many shots are going to be um made in that scene and what what the most important one for stills is so do you have your own notes in the script no but like a shot list in your head kind of no but ideally well i did i do i do have a shot list like every day you get sides which will be like just like a sheet of paper with the lines of the scenes that are being shot of that day. And so you can really get it like a good idea, like in the morning of like what scenes are going to be really like dramatic or what scenes are going to, uh, you know, show um, are going to be important for, for different actors. Um, and you ideally you want to get all the best scenes of each actor and, and show them in their, you know, all their glory being in the movie. Can you, um, are you allowed to talk about the union? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a secret fight club or something? No, it's, they have, all their rules are written. You can read it on their website. Oh, okay. So how did you get in? Um, I was um, able to get hired on a job before it went union. Um, and, and then it, it went union. That's that. And, and then I was able to join the union after that. Oh, uh, okay. So you kind of like got in there with a specific production. Yeah, I was already high, I was already on a film and then it, it went union. That's one of the ways um, you can join the union. So now that you're a union member, if you shoot, let's say I'm directing a film and I want you to shoot, shoot the stills on it, but there's no pay or no nothing, 
is that go does that go against like you're are you allowed to take that job um i guess at, yeah you can take non-union jobs um but but yeah so that, i mean the whole reason why the union exists is to to make sure that you're getting paid right and you don't you know you have breaks and that you if you have overtime that you get paid for overtime you know um a lot of the i think the tragedy of like of a non-union job or a job that doesn't have um like a pay scale that um, that involves like getting overtime is that you might have worked in time or maybe you work 14 or 15 hours and you're like in your 15th hour or 14th hour and you're just burning out and not getting compensated for it so it's kind of crazy to me how um how these film productions go like i don't understand why they need to work 20 hours a day for eight months at a time you know yeah yeah i don't i yeah. trip out on it. I, I imagine it's to save money does that save you money if you're paying everyone overtime well, I don't, you know, I'm not a producer. Actually, so actually, you're saving money on the equipment rental. Yeah, equipment rental and also location. Say if you, you rented a room in a hotel or like a big apartment building and you have your, you're scheduled to be there for three days. And, 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 you know, there's all different ways that you can, you know, your production can get slowed down. Uh, so say your production is getting slowed down and you need to work an extra hour that day or an extra two hours that day that you hadn't anticipated it's still less expensive to work an extra two hours than it is to to have an to make an extra day of shooting to be at that location like a whole day of shooting for a crew like a film crew is is a pretty big expense you know but a couple hours extra is is a lot less i see what you're saying it just seems like any the production guys I know anyways, it's not a couple hours over. It's like it's like they'll work like twenty hours in, in every day for like five days, you know. That's crazy. I've yeah. never worked for twenty hours in, in a row. I have. Um in San Diego I shot uh I assisted on a film. Um just like an independent film, but um yeah, dude, we we had a couple we had two or three days in a row where we work 20 hours. Wow, that's that's insane. Slept for four hours, and then back to work. Wow, be dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else? What else are you working on? Well, future projects? Yeah, um, I'm working on some, I'm working on a book or a couple books, and and just kind of fleshing them out, just playing with with layout and images, um, and pulling people together. I'm making one book right now where it involves other photographers, and oh. and some of them are really responsive to phone <laughs> calls. <laughs> and I know all about that. Yeah, it's really funny. So so I'm just doing the best I can with what I need to do, and and then make kind of just building that file full of images and and just pushing it to to a place where it can look you know look good and, and be published and stuff but otherwise really right now it's like 
the holidays. We're right in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's going to be um, in a week. I'm um, going to um, be with family for, for Christmas and really just making phone calls and like, and um, sending out um, like job, not job applications, but just like calling all the people and the emailing people that I want to work with. Um, oh, and kind of hopefully setting up my um, jobs for January. That's cool. Do you do that every day? Is that is that something everyone should be doing every day? I do it once a week. Um, and I do it once a week and um, like every Tuesday I do it. And it's just like, like work for myself. It's just a part of like, um, it's a part of the cycle of jobs. It's really just you're contacting people and you're saying, Ray, yeah, I want to work with you, Ray. Okay. <laughs> you, you need a photographer, Ray? Come on. Yeah. Um, I'm available. I like, I like what you do. Just checking in with you. I got, um, if you got any app, any, uh, job opening, if you need any photo shoots done for your hamper grass, let me know. It's really okay. like that. I know you, you do the same thing. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, that's about half an hour or so. So I think we can. Okay. Do you have any? Oh, do you have any future predictions about culture or society? Culture or society? I have a future prediction. I have a prediction for the future that this uh, that this planet will keep evolving and there's going to be plenty of good things that are going to happen. And I've, and you know, there's always, everyone loves to talk about, you know, the next ice age and you know, all the bad stuff that's happening. And, and that's true. There is all that stuff, but I don't know, at least for myself, I can predict that I'm just going to continue. Like my passions are, um, energy and like, and, and, um, and, hopefully, uh, or for myself at least, like I want to get an electric car someday. I know you do too. Yeah, I do too, for sure. Yeah, and I want I want my, with the place where I live, I want it to be solar powered and I want to be, um, you know, just less uh, less handcuffed to like fossil fuels. I want our, our country and the world to be less like at the mercy of fossil fuels and just how it just pollutes our world and, you know, I, I just think that the world's going to keep progressing. Obviously, there's going to be uh, a lot of negative stuff is still going to happen and keep going on, but I'm just going to focus on the positive. That's my prediction. That's a good, that's a good attitude. Good attitude to have. And um, that kind of reminds me of an Einstein quote. What did he say? He said, um, <clears throat> the most important question you could ask yourself is, Are you, I don't know how, how he worded it. Basically he's asking is, you have to ask yourself, is the, are you afraid of the universe? Or is the universe, um, I'm totally fucking it up. Basically, he's like basically choose fear or love. Okay. And he was speaking on the atomic age, right? Like if, the, if, you, if you believe the universe is against you, then you're going to create all these nuclear weapons. Yes, right. Because you have to. Because if you feel like the world is against you, you'll have to make those weapons to protect yourself. Right. 
I'll look up that quote. I totally screwed that up, but but whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Here's a fact check. Did Einstein say? <clears throat> did Einstein say I fear the day that technology will surpass our human interaction? No, uh, it's like a. I think it starts off with like the most important question you could ask yourself. Okay. Yeah, we got to get it right. Oh, here it is. The most important question you could ever ask is if the world is a friendly place. Yeah, I like that. That's it. It's very simple. I've made it more complicated than it had to be. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's it. Well, on that Einstein quote, Yeah. thanks for having me on your show, Ray. Thanks for coming on, Tobin. And uh, talk to you soon. Okay, you too. Let me take your picture for the internet. Okay. I have to get. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. All right, talk soon. All right, you too. Bye.